0: Rahman Rahim, Alhamdulillah, was allahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ali al Tahirin. Assalamu salam alaikum, Rahmatullah, and welcome to this podcast series of a commentary on al Balaga by Mizan Institute. Fasawah minhusab asamawatin, ja'ala sufla hunna maujan makfufa, wa ulyahunna sakfan mahfuda, wa samakan marfua. In this part of the khutbah. Amir al Mumin alayhi salam, he moves on to the next stage of the creation of the universe. The first stage that we covered up until uh, in our last session had to do with the initial matter that was needed to create uh, and bring into existence the universe. And uh, towards the end of that part of the khutbah, the Imam used the term of uh, a foam that was shot out. Um, because of due to the winds and the pressure that Allah put on that water or that liquid, if you may, um, that was created initially. So this gave out a matter that was that initial substance needed for exist for everything to come into existence in the universe. Rama bizabadi That was what the, the term that was used. The zabad meaning foam. Okay, so. After all of this happens, the imam, he moves on to the next stage, as I said, and he says, from all of this, God created the seven heavens, the seven skies. Now, this sab' samawat um, is in the Quran as well. And there are different opinions on what these seven, the seven heavens or the seven skies mean. I don't want to get into that right now. The imam doesn't really elaborate on that part. He does, of course, separate these different layers or different skies, these different heavens. He does make a distinction by saying that there are some that are much higher and loftier and some that are lower. Okay, So that is the distinction he makes. And it's because one can say later on he wants to talk about the higher heavens and speak about the angels that are in those higher heavens. So one can actually, based on the context clues we have in this part of the khutbah, or actually the next part of the khutbah when he actually begins to speak about the creation of the angels, we can tell that the distinction he's making here, that we're going to get to in a minute, is actually a distinction between the material and immaterial levels of these heavens and skies. When he gets to the immaterial part, the higher heavens, that's when he speaks about the creation of the angels. And the lower heaven or lower heavens has to do with the material uh, skies, so to speak. Okay, so um, we'll get to some of those details later, but that is a very general categorization that we can talk about right now and mention right now. Okay, so what does he say? He says, He saw, Allah saw, minhu sab'a samawat, that he made. But this is not just making here. Sawa or taswiyah. It's also something that's used in the Quran when it comes to the creation of mankind, alongside the creation of other things as well, but one of them being mankind, is that um, Allah creates but creates with taswiyah. Everything is in proportion. Everything in its is in its right place. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the seven heavens, but created them the way they were supposed to be created. So in the Quran, in Surah Infitar, this is how it's used. It says, "Ya ayuhal insan, ma qarraka babbikal karim." Verse number six onwards, "Al-Ladi khalaka fasuaka faadalek." You see, "Fasuaka." Here also it says, "Fasuwa minhu minhu sab'a Samawat. Same verb. "Al-Ladi khalaka fasuaka faadalek." Surah Infitar says, "Fi ayy suratim ma shaaraka bak," which means, "O oh man, what has deceived you about your generous Lord?" Who created you and proportioned you and gave you an upright nature, proportioned you. So, here also, it's not just that God created the seven heavens or seven skies from that foam, so to speak, but rather Allah proportioned everything. So, it's more than just creating. And then it goes on, it says, <laughs> That the lowest. Uh, or the lower levels of this Of these heavens Of these seven heavens Allah made them mawjan makfufan Now here in the translation It says Allah made the lower one As a stationary surge Okay mawj It means wave It means surge مَكْفُوف Comes from kef. When you do kef of something That means you hold back on it You control it Yes So it is a stationary or a controlled surge. Okay, so surge here denotes movement, motion. Everything's moving in this lower sky. But at the same time, it's not like everything's out of control either. So I would use the word controlled. I wouldn't use the word stationary here, which uh, they, they've, the commentators of natural al-Balagha have explained. It means that at the same time that it's moving, everything's in motion. At the same time, just like the sea, just like a wave, at the same time, it is controlled. Things don't get out of order. If that was the lower part of this of these skies, the higher part, the upper one, Allah has created as a protective ceiling. Now, here the translation that I'm looking at says protective. But mahfud means protected. Not protective. Let's get into this. the highest of them. The highest of these heavens, of these seven heavens. Allah made it into a saqf. Saqf means ceiling, as was said. Mahfuz meaning protected. That nothing can penetrate through. And I will share some uh, verses of the Quran in this regard. It's interesting. But let's go till the end. Wasamakan marfu'an. And a high ceiling once again. Okay, so it's high, it's way up there, number one, and number two, it's protected. Now the question here is, what is it protected from? Now if it was just us and this part of Nahj al-Balagha, it might have been hard for us to figure out what it's trying to say here. We also have a verse or a few verses that say the same thing. For example, Surah Anbiya, verse 32 says, وَجَعَلْنَا That we made the sky... A protected ceiling. <laughs> while they turn away from the signs of this sky. Okay, so we have this in the Quran as well. If it was just us and a verse like this, or if it was just us and this part of al balagha it would be hard to figure out what exactly this part of the sky is being protected from. But we do have other verses, maybe three or maybe even four other verses in the Quran. I'm going to share two with you that disclose what what the protection is from, what this sky or this ceiling is protected from. We have in Surah Al-Hijr, verses 16 to 18 the following. It says, We it talks about the sky and how Allah has made certain constructs in this sky of ours and how allah has adorned the sky but at the same time what has allah done allah has protected the sky الرجيم, from every expelled shaitan and devil okay so that is what they're what the sky is being protected from but like the question is what's going on on the other side of this sky what are they trying to? Why are they even trying to go up there? These shaitan regimes. What are they trying to get access to? Then the continuation of the verses discloses that as well. It says, "Illa man faatbaahu shihabun mubeen. It says that we've protected this ceiling from these shaitans, but then yes, there are some of them that penetrate it. They penetrate it, and once they penetrate it, a meteor. Chases them and maybe and like kind of shoots them down. This is very interesting. So, what are they after? Well, another verse discloses that for us. So, I mistakenly thought that it was the continuation of this verse that discloses it. No, it's another set of verses we have. These are in Surah Safat, verses six to eight, where it says, We have adorned the sky with the zina of the stars. And also, what have we done? We've we've adorned and also protected. We've also protected it from the Shayatin. What are they after? They are not able to uh, eavesdrop and listen to that higher realm. What's going on in that higher realm? Who in who are the inhabitants? of that higher realm, الـ الـ أعلى, the translations of the Qur'an, they'll say they do not eavesdrop on the supernal elite, but are shot at from every side. That's what we have here. الـ الـ أعلى, the elite ones. There are a special group of beings they're probably angels that are up there. And there's a lot going on. And there are some stories here of how some of these shaitans, they were subjugated by people on earth, by the Bani Israel. And how that some of the Bani Israel and some of these individuals, they, would, they were able to gain special knowledge of different things, maybe of the future. I have to look into the tafsir of that. I haven't looked at it right now. But I'm just speaking off the top of my head. That they were able to access special knowledge through the jinns and shayatin who were able to go up and gain knowledge access to whatever special stuff that was going on in that, in that in those higher realms in those higher supernatural skies and we do have some accounts that say that when the prophet was born sallallahu alaihi wa the prophet of islam that these that these jinns these devils and shayatin all of a sudden noticed that the access they had to above all of a sudden was lost and they're like, what's going on? And so this is discussed in Surah jinn actually. Okay, so I don't want to get into those details right now. All I'm trying to get at right now is this. that they, What is going on? Why is it protected? Why is this ceiling, so to speak, as the Imam puts it, protected? What's going on? What is what is this ceiling being protected from? It is being protected from the uh, shayateen, making their way through it and gaining access to certain things. Samakan Marfu'an, an an elevated, high ceiling again. So, number one, it's protected and and impenetrable. Number two, it is, uh, it is high. So don't think that this is a just another sky. Yes, and its uh, its distance from us is the same as the other skies of the earth of of the material realm. No, it's much higher. Now, how do we know that this higher level of the skies? Is an immaterial one? Well, it's based on the predominant, you can say, or mainstream philosophical understanding that um, angels are immaterial beings. And so when we move on into the next part of this khutbah, when the imam speaks about how the angels were created, um, he's speaking about how Allah has placed them in that sky. Okay, so if that's the sky that's containing immaterial beings, that that, that shows that that Realm is an immaterial realm. That quote-unquote sky is an immaterial one. Okay, so that's the context clue we're using here to understand. So to understand this distinction, Imam Ali is making. So he talked about the lower sky. He talked about the higher sky. Higher sky. Our understanding is that it's in the immaterial uh, realm, and we'll get to we'll get, we'll get to that later as well. Okay, so he mentioned ceiling, correct? What does ceiling remind all of us of? When we say ceiling, it usually shows that there is, there are like maybe four walls or pillars that are holding something up. The imam right away continues. he says, amadin we're talking about the skies, right? We're talking about these skies having a protected ceiling, right? Don't think that there is a protected ceiling means that there are pillars holding this ceiling no. As a matter of fact, there without he kept this sky up, this ceiling up, without any pillar to support it, number one. And number two, wala disarin And no nails to bind things together when it comes to these skies. So true there's a ceiling, quote-unquote, there, and it's protected, and you can tell it's a firm one. It's not collapsing. So you're thinking to yourself, oh, are there pillars holding it up? No, there are not pillars holding it up, and the Quran speaks about this as well. And this is beautiful. This shows how great the creation of Allah is. The Quran also talks about this because it's a big deal. In Surah Al-Luqman, verse ten, in Surah Al-Luqman, excuse me, verse ten, it says, "Allah created the skies or the heavens without any pillars that you can see." So. Some will say then what is holding all of this together if there are no nails, if there is no pillars, nothing. Things have to be bound have to be bound together if there's going to be a ceiling. And I think all of you can guess what holds these skies together, what holds everything together is the gravitational pull of things. It's the orbits that are made because of gravitational pull and so on and so forth, and how everything is spinning on its own axis, on its own axis and in its own orbit. This itself is a very big thing to think about when it comes to the creation of the universe. How everything, it seems to be bound together, but you don't find any actual connection, a tangible connection between them. No ropes holding anything, no nails binding anything, no pillars holding anything up. Then what did Allah do? He says Allah then adorned this sky with. The beautification of the stars. So uh, Imam Ali here is acknowledging that the stars are beautification. They're beautiful. They beautify the sky. And what else with the Ya'id Thawaqib and the light of and the brightness of Thawaqib? Thawaqib means something that pierces something else and penetrates something else. And so here they'll say these are the meteors that pierce the sky. And move through the sky. Some might say no, it just means stars because the light of the stars pierces the eye. Whatever you want to make it uh, and translate it as, it doesn't make too much of a difference. We get the point here. The point is that like pearls scattered on a dark cloth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this sky of darkness has scattered these pearls of the stars. And has beautified this blanket with these stars, so to speak. What else did he do? What Allah did is that He hung in it the shining sun. That's what the translation says. But ajra means to put set into motion something else. So Allah set into motion a light, siraj. Siraj means light, and so they've said here something that a light that gives off light from itself is a siraj. So the sun is also referred to in the Qur'an as Siraj. It gives off, off light itself, versus the moon and the likes of the moon that don't have light from themselves, but are reflecting the light of something else. And so right after that, when he, when the Imam, he says Sirajan, a light that is giving off light from itself, this light is Mustatir. Mustatir meaning, some have said it, uh, it's, it's, its light is spread across the sky, others have said it's a perpetual light, it's a perpetual sun, that doesn't ever end. you know. The sun has been there ever since we know. And of course they say it will end one day, but for now it's there. It's perpetual. Right after he speaks about the sun that has a light from itself, gives off life, light from itself, and is the origin of this light? Qamaran Munira, He says, and a, a luminous sun, a moon. Now of course this moon though, is giving off light, but not its own light. It's reflecting the light of something else. Fi falakin da'ir. Allah put these, this, this moon and this sun into motion, where, in an orbit, under a moving ceiling, or in a moving ceiling, and in a rakimen ma'ir. Rakimen ma'ir. Rakim, they say, means a slate, a canvas, if you may. Something you write on, okay? A blank sheet of paper, let's say even. Anything that you can write on. And so this this canvas is a ma'ir canvas. A ma'ir canvas means that something that has movement and motion in it. So in other words, it's not blank. There's a lot going on in it. And it's as if, now according to the commentators, they say, that it's as if this, what it's trying to say is that this canvas is constantly being painted on god is through his pen of existence and bringing into existence he is constantly writing in this canvas in this paper this book okay so imam ali here makes this distinction he says we have a lower heaven we have a higher heaven he spoke a little bit about the lower one about how he how how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he Adorned this, the lower skies with the stars. The Quran also speaks about this. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala set into motion the sun, the moon, and all of this. He keeps it very general, doesn't get into too many details, maybe because we as human beings are already aware of what's going on in the sky above us. Okay. But he then shifts his focus and attention to the higher sky. And as I said before, we're going to call it the immaterial realm of existence. And he speaks about the creatures there. Something that us as physical beings can never have access to with the normal senses that we have. And and so for that, we're going to end and we will, inshallah, in our next session, discuss what the Imam says when he speaks about the creation of the angels that have filled the higher sky. That mala' al-a'la.